What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 64 of the Lombard Trucking Show, Nintendo 64. Glad to have you here. I apologize that there were no episodes last week. Hectic week. Let's get right into it. What started off great and was supposed to go very well ended up just spiraling downhill one thing after another. So I decided to roll out on Tuesday, and upon rolling out, I do the right thing. I'm ahead of the game when it comes to preventive maintenance, ahead of the game on any issues going on with the truck, anything preventable. uh, It's key to do, especially when your truck is approaching 700,000 miles. We're at 650 at this point on this Peterbilt. So I knew it was high time to get new batteries. Uh, I had had to jump the truck twice before for leaving it sit for five days or whatever, even after plugging things in. It was time for them to probably go. For all I know, they could be the original batteries. I'd have to look. But, and it was also time for an oil change in PM. I've been doing them about every 20,000. I know the manufacturer's specs are between 30 and 40, really depends. But like I said, higher mileage, you really want to get those filters cleaned out. This is just PMCS 101 for anybody out there who isn't, newer owner operator just whatever they tell you what you should do on maintenance do it maybe ten thousand mile beforehand look you you might be spending more money but it's going to cost you less money in the long run because when those filters get clogged and when things start getting you know built up like that in there especially with the after treatment systems in there the the def dpf systems that's where you start running into your issues you might have some sensors go on you so whatever you can do to get out of the game do it so i did that I stopped in at the Loves in Natalia, Texas, on my way down to Laredo to pick up the load that I'm currently on. And I go down there, get an oil change of PM. Phenomenal. I was in and out of there in less than 90 minutes. These guys were great, fantastic. Couldn't ask for anything better. Get down to Laredo. I go to hook up to the trailer and I back up underneath it, give it a tug. And by giving it a tug, I mean, I put it back in drive and I went forward a little bit and I guess I didn't go forward tough enough to really get a good pull on it because one of my jaws didn't end up actually locking fully around because what had happened was I was driving and through the, through the yard, our yard in Laredo. And this is how I knew it was perfectly good is I pulled out from where the trailer was like with, with the trailer behind me, I go to take a right and then I have to take another left. And so I had to take two turns and the trailer swung with it perfectly fine like i was fully attached but like i said one a part of the jaw mustn't have locked or it wasn't fully locked so when i had gone over a bump all of a sudden i kept going and the and the trailer i had dropped now luckily this is an rgn and if it was a step or a regular flatbed i would have definitely known if it wasn't locked because it's a little bit easier but these these rgns you have to you you roll up underneath them and you and you lift the lip of the gooseneck up on the trailer, so they're a little bit different feeling wise when you pull off and when you when you attach to them because you got to actually get underneath them. But since my tractor kept going forward and the RGN dropped, it took my fucking air hoses with me, as well as the electrical line that hooks up from the tractor to the RGN. Now when an RGN drops, it's no problem. There's no damage to the trailer to the cargo because it's dropping all of maybe three inches to the ground it just goes thump that's that's how you drop it if you're in a parking lot too you just pull out from underneath it and it just goes right on the ground so i then had to replace both my 
emergency airline, service airline, and the electrical cable. The electrical cable had one slash in it, so there was guts showing, but it was also stretched way out, so it was dangling too much. It was basically hitting the road. So I had to go run out, grab new, grab new fucking hoses, come back. I ended up needing help from a guy uh, to twist one of the, you know, kind of unions off that attaches to the tractor. It's like a little fitting that comes with the air hose. And so he ended up helping me out. Good to go. Replace the hoses. Why not? You know, maybe they maybe they were going to crack anyways. They had just gone through a winter. Who knows? I try to stay on the, the positive side of things. So everything's going good. This load is going from Laredo to Thunder Bay, Ontario. Very excited. First international load. Couldn't, you know, couldn't be more fucking pumped. I go to go back up the next day. And my goal is to hopefully make it to Hillsboro because I know I'm going to have to go through Austin, Waco, and Dallas traffic. I end up getting, you know, just north of the 30, 30 mile marker up on 35 there. And I get pulled in to a rest stop by DOT for a, a DOT inspection, a routine one. I passed it. And the only reason why, number one, at the rest stop, there was like five other inspections. That's all they were doing. I know that they got all these issues going on at the border. Like we talked about in the last episode with Rookie Driver. Um, you know, he was down there in McAllen. You heard his stories. Meanwhile, I know that as this is going on, the Title 42 or whatever, there's things that have expired down at the border. We have some issues going on down there, but Texas DPS finds it um, with their time and with their use of taxpayer dollars that they need to hammer down on some fucking commercial vehicle inspections. I can't be too pissed. The guy was really nice. It ended up going fine. I actually, but unfortunately, uh, I had a trailer tire that was low low on air pressure. And now the thing is with these RGNs, they don't reinflate like with a dry van. So it must have had a slow slow leak because when I got the RGN, I go around and I test the tire pressure of these things with a with a gauge. I kick the tires as well, make sure they're solid. I was solid, good to go. That RGN had to have come from Mexico through an inspection bay at the terminal and then was transloaded with the load that's going up to Canada. So it passed an inspection, passes my test, but apparent, but then I go off in this DOT inspection and it was it must have had a slow leak somewhere along the, the lines, but still was able to pass the DOT inspection because I was able to inflate it on the spot. I have one of these air hoses that hooks up to your emergency line and you can use it as something to fill up your tires when you're in a pinch. So scot-free there, but it wasn't fully topped off with air. I wanted to get it back up to 120 PSI. So I continue my way up 35. I stop at the a Petro in Pearsall, Texas. I top off the tire get it to 120 PSI. I make it another 10 miles north up the road and I have a trailer tire blow out. And I, and I'm thinking it's the tire. I just put air in. Okay. It's the tire. There was something wrong with it. I pull into that same loves in Natalia and then come to find out it was the tire next to the tire that I uh, had to top off that fucking blue. So go figure one. And I then check the tire that I added air to, and there is a slow leak to it because it's down a PSI. The loves of Natalia, I was about to be in and out of there. They were just going to swap me out with two new tires, Ricky Tick. Instead, they didn't have the tires in stock. So it was fine. I, was, I wasn't that upset at that point, but I had to drive another like 40 miles at that point to a Loves in Von Ormy. Now, I could go anywhere to get these tires replaced, but I don't want to go back south to Pearsall because going in the opposite direction of the load, I want to keep trying to advance the load as best as possible. And it's just when it comes to tire and 
I'm not going to, pilots don't really have tire places a lot or shops. Sometimes they have a Southern Tire Mart, uh, but a lot of times they, they don't. It's just the, the truck stop. But Love's always 90% of the time has a, a service center there. And they essentially specialize in doing tires. They have tire techs there where this is all these guys do is just pop tires on and off. And so I go to the one in Von Ormy, which is essentially on the San Antonio line. And I knew I was going to have to wait because there were some people there in front of me. But I got there at 1.30. I didn't leave the joint until 8 p.m. And it's just the experience I had at this place was just abysmal. And I couldn't fucking stand it. I mean, it's not that I received like bad customer service by how they were speaking to me. But it was just the communication levels were just not there. So once I got in. So let's back. Actually, let's backtrack to Natalia. Natalia, when they did my oil change in batteries, it was easy. They didn't need to wait for approval from Warren to do it because the thing is I have a maintenance escrow account. So technically loves was billing Warren for that PM and Warren's going to take it out of my maintenance escrow account. Done deal. Easy. They didn't wait for Warren's approval to start on the batteries and start on the PM. They just got right to fucking work. This place, as soon as I backed up and was in the bay, they didn't, they didn't start for almost an hour. Uh, doing anything with the tires and I was confused and I was just doing laps around the parking lot at this point because this is what I do because I try not to get angry you can't just sit I take these times where I can't get in like a solid workout or whatever just get the steps in, get the miles in. I'm just walking around doing laps and I'm wondering like what what seems to be taking so long finally I see the guy start getting to work and it's just once again take taking quite a long time for what should be a normal tire repair Come to find out, they tried one tire, wasn't the right size, whatever. They get the one tire replaced. The other one they're going to try to repair. This this takes quite some time. Finally, I go back in and I ask the guy, I was like, hey, how's, how's it going? He, he tells me that the repair has failed on the tire and they're going to try again. And I said, okay, all right. I wait another hour and a half at that point and then I go back. And he said that they're still in the process of trying again and they're, and they're going to test it shortly. And I said, Hey, look, man, because at this point I was just fucking pissed. I was like, look, I really need to get out of here, please. If the first repair failed, Warren does this all the time. They always pay for the tires. This is what they do. This is part of our deal as a contractors with them. They will always pay for the tires. They want good tires on these trailers because they don't want contractors having blowouts. They want the freight moving. This is no harm or foul on them just please put a second new tire on there so i can leave and he said okay sir he calls me 10 15 minutes later he says i'm all set perfect i go back inside he hands me the keys gives me the paperwork i so i say so you got two new tires on there he said oh no sir we just put the one tire back on and because you said you really needed to go and i said are you you're gonna let me drive off the lot with the dot violation is that like standard data for you guys? He was like, oh, you, you said you had to go. I said I had to go and to just put a new tire on. Said it twice in the exchange to this guy. Said it, I couldn't have been more clear. There was no language barrier either. He he spoke very, very fine, probably better English than me. I'd go, I'd go as far to say. So I don't even want to fucking hear it. And he goes, oh, well, I'm going to have to go in the computer and get another approval from Warren to do it. I said, you don't need approval. You can fix the tire. You have my keys. I can't go anywhere. Like, where are we at now as society, as we conduct business, where we're always looking for some sort of compliance and approval? 
Whatever happened to doing the fucking job? Like, this is where we're at with technology. I told this story a couple episodes ago about when I went in to buy uh, this this Apple Watch, the Series 7 or whatever. And the guy at the Apple store was absolutely fucking befuddled at the fact that I just wanted to show up to a store and buy a product. And he was curious why I didn't have an online appointment or that I needed to go online and make an appointment. And he just couldn't understand that I wanted to go in and exchange him money for a product at a brick and mortar store. It's like he couldn't fucking believe it. And it's it's the same thing here. This guy needs this approval and there's all these things he needs to go through. He already has my keys. I can't go anywhere. You know the problem. This isn't a big mechanical fix. This isn't uh, like you got to go through the engine. You're not checking to see if my head gaskets are blown. This is a tire fix. This is something that they drive out and they do on the fucking road. So whatever. I eventually get the fuck out of there. I spend the night. I spend the night at home that night, which is great. Cooled off. Got ready to roll up the next morning. Everything is perfectly fine the next morning. I continue my way north. I stay in Oklahoma City that night. The next day, easy. We're rolling up from OKC. I'm going to stay at the Loves in Des Moines because I know that the Loves in Des Moines normally has spots after 5 o'clock. And just with how I wanted to leave, I was going to get there around 5 o'clock You because know, I stop and I cook lunch. I w- I'm not on a huge timeline because this is, this is supposed to deliver Monday. So by the time you listen to this, I'm hopefully in Canada at this point. I haven't caught you up to speed yet, but we'll get there. So I get to the Loves in Des Moines. Get in a great workout, fucking fired up. It's Friday and make a nice post on Instagram, fucking talking about the Midwest, beating the drum of the Midwest. <clears throat> More on that later on in the episode. And so I, and this is where I'm lucky. So I make the business decision of I'm very hungry. I'm going to cook dinner before I shower. See, a lot of times I like to shower, then eat because I like to then go right to bed after I eat. But this time I was like, nah, I'm fucking starving. I don't have to go to bed early. I don't have to be up, you know, wicked early. I'm just going to fucking eat dinner. So I'm eating dinner, cooking on my phone, catching up in the group chats, shooting the shit in the Lost Freight Discord. Shout out. You should join if you work in logistics. Come on. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm actually sitting exactly, if you're watching, not listening, I'm sitting exactly where I'm sitting as I record. Look at, you know, on my phone, looking down and all of a sudden I hear the fucking crunching on the front of my truck. And wouldn't you fucking know it? There's a guy backing straight into my goddamn truck, a dry van trailer right, right in front of me. Now, let me set the scene for you. So two spots to my left are ne- are open, actually. So and by open, I mean one and a half. So the spot right to the left of my truck had a box truck in it, but he's pulled all the way to the back. So there's nobody like right. You know, their nose isn't to my nose. And then the next spot next to him is empty. In front of me are about, I want to say, 10 open spots. I had the pictures posted on Twitter. If you want to go check it out, I have them in a thread. I also put it on my Instagram story, uh, if you had caught it there. I showed how much room was in this parking lot. Not to mention, so I was along the back row of the lot. So there's grass behind me. And then in front of me, there's two rows. Rows where trucks are facing me and then trucks facing the opposite way, the other way. So two rows. This guy had the second row in front of him open too. So he could almost pull all the way in like in front of me, like where he could have put the nose of his truck in front of me, bang a right and pull through the spot in front. Um, I'm assuming that's what he, he did. I didn't see it because I was enjoying fucking dinner and talking to my friends. So, and then I, I hear the crunching. I get outside 
and I immediately, you know, take my phone out. I get the camera, I get the pictures, picture, 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 get his license plate. It doesn't really matter anyways, because I have a dash cam. So it's not like that huge of a deal. But I get those pictures straight up because I don't know if he's going to leave. And then he gets out and he looks at me like nothing's wrong. He kind of like shrugs like he gives me like the oopsie. And and I went off like I wasn't going to hold back. If it was a company truck, if I was a company driver, I probably would have fucking shrugged too. Cause I would have been like, you know, eh, whatever. Looks like I'll get to sit around Des Moines and just fucking work out, do two a days for a while. But no, this truck, it's not like somebody hitting your car. It's just like if you owned a brick and mortar business and somebody fucking threw, smashed your windows, threw some shit, tore your shelves down. It's it's that it's that same level of integrity. So it's not just a whoops. And I laid into this guy. I said, are, I said, I said, were you fucking thinking? What were you fucking thinking? And he still gives me the shrugging. And I was I was actually about to blow my lid. And the first and, and the first thing he says is, why aren't you speaking nice to me? I don't know. Ask yourself that question why I'm not speaking nice to you. I'm not speaking nice to you because you possibly made one of the dumbest fucking decisions I've ever fucking seen. And I've seen some people drive like shit out here. I see people on their phones. I'm talking truckers, Tal. No, I see them on their phones. I've seen some shit, okay? And this was by far the biggest piece of dumbassery I could ever expect. This guy, somebody responded to my tweet. If he fell out of a boat, he wouldn't have gotten fucking wet. He would have had a hard time finding fucking water. This was an absolute embarrassment. He's with his wife, too. So, number one, she could have gotten out and looked. He also should have seen, just judged off the mirrors. Here's the thing. I know exactly how I would have looked in his mirrors. He would have been able to see only about 25% of my truck in his passenger side mirror. If that's the case, you stop and get the fuck out and look. I don't know what he was aiming for. I don't know why he was backing up because he could have easily pulled into the spot right in front of him. So I have, I call Warren safety guy. I figure out what information I need. I get off. And then as soon as I get off the phone, the guy comes back with his binder and he goes, are, are you ready to speak polite to me now? Eastern European guy come to find it. I researched I researched the name and he's uh, apparently Bosnian. That's uh, what the percentages tell me is that he, he's Bosnian. I should have told him I was Serbian. That's what I should have done. I should have told him I'm a I'm a Serb, and I'm and I'm a, and that's why I'm fucking pissed. Maybe he would have gotten the fucking hint if I said that. But he goes, "Are, are you ready to speak polite to me?" And I was like, "No, I'm actually not ready." I was like, "I need." I was like, "I need the insurance." I you know I need this. So I take pictures. I was like, "I need a number of your safety guy." He showed you know he shows me the phone number. I take the picture of the insurance. I take a picture of the side of his truck. And I, I half thought that the DOT number was going to be fake because we've we've been talking about this a lot on Discord. I just went on the Cents Per Mile podcast. We've been talking about companies that have been falsifying logs. And a lot of these companies are these Eastern European outfits that have headquarters and offices out there in the Balkans and Ukraine and Russia and fucking all these places, not the United States, double brokering. That's who I thought it was going to be. Fortunately, it's not. It's an eight truck operation out of the local Des Moines area. So that'll actually make things easier. So now the the damage was my uh, my hood mirror was completely cracked in and the my my hood is completely cracked. Like it kind of crushed in like where the headlight is on the front end of my truck, the driver's side. Now, fortunately for me, tires good, engine's good, truck still running, lights still work, still DOT compliant. Throw some duct tape on it. I'm good to go. 
So I cooled off, showered. I'm still fucking furious I'm f- because, oh, I left this out. The best part was the guy did, he pulls up into that spot after, and then he keeps pulling up like he's out going out of the spot and goes left, and he's trying to back up to like straighten himself out, and then he ends up hitting a CFI truck. CFI is another company. He hits a CFI cuck, uh, <laughs> cuck. He hits a CFI truck and fucking knocks this guy's hood mirror. So he's dinging around trucks in this parking lot, and then he just leaves. So that that that's the type of fucking that's the type of week I was having. Cool off. Next day, today, time of recording, Saturday. We are at time of recording. I'm in Columbus, Missouri. I was going to try to make it past Duluth today, but I get the low beam fault warning. My fucking low beam light headlight on my driver's side is out. So fortunately enough, I made it north of Minneapolis. There's a brand new Loves here, and I go to do a just a headlight swap. Loves doesn't have the headlight. I got to detach. I go to an O'Reilly Auto Parts, grab the headlight there. Come back, doesn't work. The 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 fucking high beam works. The blinker works, just not the low beam. I will, like I said, Love should be looking at it tomorrow. Like I said, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, it's fixed. But here's where, it, and, and I feel bad about this one, but it's just the setting and just the, like I said, I don't, I'm not all glitz and glam out here. I'm going to tell you the 100% truth, how I feel, what I'm going through. I end up going to Planet Fitness to go work out. There's one 10 miles away. I come back. And when I come back, there are still spots in this loves. There's an area I'm actually looking at right now with four open spots. And I'm pulling back in, Bobtail, just the tractor. And I'm driving towards where my trailer is, and there is a sports car in in front of my trailer. And there's a guy parked next to me who's a car hauler. I'm actually going to look. Hey, he, he's still there. Dodge Ram. He's got a car hauling trailer. Got a couple cars on it. And so I, as I'm driving towards the trailer, he sees, sees that I'm coming. And I see him get out. So I'm like, okay, he's going to move it. So I go to like flip around, turn around, like I'm going to face the other way so I can back back underneath the trailer. And then I notice in my mirror, he's walking towards me. I'm like, here we fucking go. He walked towards me. I, I roll down the window and I just, and I look at him and he goes, are you in a hurry? Excuse me. Let me, let me do that. I know I'm going to get canceled for this. Are you in a, are you in a hurry? Another Eastern European guy. These guys are after me. They're after the Italians. Those guys, I think, I think they got it out for us. That's, that's what I'm boiling it down to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> And I said, no, but that's my trailer, and that's where I'm going to park for the night. He goes, oh, the the battery is dead. Tell me how that's my problem. I said, "Did you?" I said, why did you park there then? What made you park there? He goes, I needed the space. I'm literally looking at four open spots, all right next to each other. What the fuck is going on out here? Is uh, one of these planets in retrograde? Is the fucking moon out of orbit? Like, somebody's got to tell me what the fuck is going on in people's heads to where they just have no view of what's going on in front of them. And it's like it's going on in the rest of the fucking world. But look, got out of, 
it's whatever. He jumped it. Where I feel bad is I have jumper cables. But I was just, I was so on edge at that point. I told him, I said, I said word for word. I said, I'm on my last fucking nerve guy. I was like, I'm really on my last fucking nerve. And so I just go pull over into another spot and I park and I go inside the loves because I was going to ask to see if my truck was going to get looked at tonight or tomorrow morning. I, I needed to cool off. He jumps it. He moves it. But that I feel bad. I could have approached the situation better, more maturely. That would have been the the godly thing to do. But I was on edge. But I am I'm not perfect. And that's why that's why I make this podcast is to tell people that I'm not perfect is to put content out there to let people know that what's on the Internet and who people are on the Internet aren't perfect. We are all imperfect. We all make mistakes. We're all not who we sometimes put ourselves out to be on the Internet. That's the problem with what's out there in content today. That's the problem with parts of Instagram. It's diluting the minds of people. They you know, young kids, they, they look on the internet and they have these unrealistic views of who they're supposed to be or what they're supposed to be. And I, I believe I've mentioned it in several episodes now that I was always going to be myself and tell the truth and talk about my feelings, talk about what's going on and let everybody know it's not perfect. I said this about trucking because that's the problem that we have going on in the industry. We have people out there who are still trying to sell trucking as some sort of uh, passive income side hustle. Just got into it on a you know a freight Facebook page, which, by the way, if you are in any trucking Facebook groups, they might be some of the most toxic social media out there. This guy makes a post in there about how he wants to get into the trucking business and he feels like everybody who's warning him not to is just trying to is just playing scared. He's playing the whole scared money don't make no money and he's ready to take the leap of faith. He's still on active duty military and he's going to hire a driver and put him in. He thinks it's a passive income game. He found my good friend G-Face, who I stitched a video with, who has since blocked me because he's a fraud, fraud con artist, who is one of the guys selling $1,500 courses on how he can get you into trucking, into the game of trucking, You know who I lambasted on a couple episodes ago. And he's on there and I'm trying to tell him, I'm like, are you taking a leap of faith or did you underwrite the business? Do you know what a PL statement is? Do you know the market? Do you have customers? Are you moving freight? Like, are you just getting a truck, hiring a driver and going to wing it off boards? He doesn't, he doesn't respond to my comment. He responds to other people because other people comment on the post. Hey, I sent you a message. I sent you a message. And I know exactly who those people are who sent the messages. They're all fucking fraudsters too. They're all people who are running these carriers out of Eastern Europe. They want to hire on owner operators or whatever. They'll pay you 88% of gross and uh, they'll lease you the trailer. And they're like, we've got the freight. We've got the freight. Run run on however many miles you want. They're working off of load boards. That's all they're fucking doing. I see, I see. I just got an offer for it on LinkedIn. Guy DM'd me about a job opportunity for owner operators. He told me the spiel. In like, and in the copied and paste thing he sent me, we have the freight. We have lanes. And then I asked him specifically, I said, hey, what lanes do you have? He goes, oh, we, we use load boards for to find the lanes. Okay. That means you don't have any lanes. You don't have anything dedicated. You're working off of load boards, a spot market. You're doing essentially what I could do if I got my own authority. Yeah, you're a fucking piece of shit. Right now in the industry, there's a lot that a lot of people are very much hurting. A lot of the market is down bad. I've been talking about it in TikTok videos. I've been mentioning about how people are down bad. There are, I think, several, I think Freightwave said 2,000 
carry, you know, MCs leaving the market per day. That's a good thing, personally, because a lot of these people didn't need to be here in the first place. I'm kind of segueing myself into how I'm still just continuing to take things to the next level. I'm not only going to keep recording these shows and having conversations, having people on, but you're going to see me on other other pieces of content. There have been people who have been finding me. They have been agreeing with some of my messaging. They find they find what I have to say and what I have to offer interesting, especially because it's not a scam and it's not a lie. Recently, I mentioned I was on the Blue, Blue Ribbon Logistics podcast. If you haven't checked those guys out and you are into logistics or trucking businesses at all, please go check them out. They have a fantastic show. Both of those gentlemen on there go really have a really great program uh, set up with Landstar to help guys get into the trucking industry too, teaching them how to run a business. It's almost like a management training program for, for business, so to speak. But also they give out free game, free content on everything that has to do with being an owner operator or fleet owner. What they talk about a lot of is the rush to get motor carrier authorities. Something I've talked about a lot too, about how it's not the time. And what we talked about on their episode is if you don't have customers, getting a carrier authority right now is not worth your time. Do not do it. Unless you have established relationships with brokers, contracted rates, or contracts with direct shippers, you will not survive in this market even if you have paid off equipment. If you remember I had on several episodes ago, my friend Euros from Montenegro, he owns his equipment outright, truck and trailer. And he even he has mentioned on social media that he has crunches numbers. Where he's fortunate is because he has paid off equipment. He doesn't mind the deadhead as much. But if you have a truck and trailer payment, even if even if your truck is paid off, but you still have a trailer payment, that one bit of overhead can slice right right into you know past your break even point to where you're not making money. So think about that. If you have questions about this industry, about this business, about anything, reach out to legitimate people. Don't watch videos of guys with gold money counters who are showing you cash on screen, who are selling you a course. Go to people who are going to tell you about the failures. Going, Go to people who are going to tell you about how to actually win and get into detail about it and don't just offer you courses. But okay, I've I've harped on that stuff enough. Like I said, you're going to see me going on other shows. I recently, if you remember, I had on a gentleman, his name is Russ Belt Kid. He has a great Twitter personality. Uh, it's his whole online persona. He, he started to show himself because he has a passion in what we talked about in that episode of heart of heartland revival, revival of America's heartland. So, and I just want to say this briefly. So if you didn't know, After a year being an owner-operator, I've mentioned all the time, the Midwest is where the rates were the best. It's where the money was made. You want to know why? That's because that's where everything is fucking made. So much is made here. So much is shipped from the Midwest. It's where it comes from. The The blood of this nation beats from America's heartbeat out to all corners of the United States. And that's a fact. The American dream is alive and well and being rebuilt here in the Midwest. Places like Ohio. Places like Minnesota. Places like Iowa. You can have a good, honest career working in a warehouse or manufacturing facility, learn a skill or trade, make good money, afford a house, have kids, do all those things. So 
think about that as you think about your current life situation, what you want to do and what your goals are. And this is just an open call out. If you have a show about trucking, transportation, fucking fitness, motivation, anything, I want to come on and talk. I'd love to have these conversations. We need to keep having these conversations. Before I recorded with Russ Bell Kid, he had mentioned, he goes, I know some of the stuff I'm going to ask you is like beating a dead horse. That's exactly what we need to do. We need to beat this fucking dead horse until that thing fucking zombifies and comes back to life and starts mauling motherfuckers. Because that's the only way we're going to get this message out there. So join his podcast. I mentioned earlier, I joined Sense Per Mile. Please go check those guys out. Great show. Sense spelled S-E-N-S-E, like common sense. Sense Per Mile. Great name. Yeah, I got to give it to him on there. We had talked about these fraudulent logs. So if you didn't know, uh, I mention often that there are Chicago area carriers out there. These guys are all Eastern European mafia. I mean, how you want to chop it up. They fly under the law or they operate outside of the law. They own electronic logging software that they will manipulate. So guys can, you know, run in infinite amounts of miles and hours, which, you know, for my libertarian friends, you'd probably agree with that. But do you really think that it's safe that products of the CDL milling industrial complex who have, who are brand new immigrants from a place like Bosnia possibly have been here for six months or all of a sudden driving 20 hours a day. I don't know if you think that, you know, you could sarcastically say yes, all you want, you're, you're fucking lying. But that's, that's what's going on over there. And we, we talk about that, but go check those guys out. They have a great show. Like I said, I'm going to be getting out there. You're going to see me getting, I'm getting out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. These are things I wouldn't normally do normally, you know, as loud and boisterous as I've always kind of been on the internet, in in my day, I've still not wanted to put myself out there in certain areas where I might feel vulnerable. Look, I've been trucking for three years. However, I feel confident, so confident in going out there and going on these shows and talking and having these conversations with guys who've been trucking for X amount of years, because I also went to school for business. I've also, I, I come with the resume of being in the Marines. I come with the resume of having worked on the warehouse side of things. I come with a resume of life experience. And I fucking live, eat and breathe this shit. I'm taking all of it in. And because the only way we can make it better is if you take it all the way in and by listening to it from all sides. And so for anybody who thinks, Oh yeah, you've only been trucking for three years, this, this, and that, what are you doing? I should talk some guys back, you know, back about that. What, what, what are you doing? You're mad at me for saying something. Then tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. Nobody ever fucking does. The people who say I'm wrong in the TikTok comment section. Oh, you, oh you're, I, yeah, I've been out here 30 years. It ain't really like that. You know, I talked about the one more crowd. It's the one more guys who are the ones who really naysay. For the most part, a lot of people are, are, in, are in agreement with my the rhetoric I, I use online. And I got to give a shout out to him again, but I'm only getting a lot of this information from my buddy Gord and what he's putting out there and the interviews he's having. He just had, you know, Karen Levy, an Ivy League professor on his show, author of Data Driven uh, tr- uh, Trucking in the New Workplace Surveillance. Sorry if I butchered the name. You know, she wrote an entire book about everything that we talk about with the ATA's agenda 
and big tech and all this stuff and about how it's not making anything better and how it's making things worse and how it's crushing this industry and weighing it down. So it's, it's not like I'm just like spontaneously getting, you know, my rhetoric and I'm just speaking on my fucking ass. I'm getting this because I'm talking to guys like Canadian heavy haulers talking. I'm talking to guys like Gord who have trucked on the outback and hauls logs in New York and did four seasons on the ice. So I'm not just pulling this shit out of my ass. Like I said, I'm, I'm talking about it every day with the guys with the experience. Cause that's what we need. We need these stories. We need them out there. So I'm trying to get as many drivers as we can on here. We haven't even gotten on the women's side of things yet. I've already gotten it lined up to get uh, some ladies from real women in trucking on this show. Wait, I mean, wait till you hear about what parking's like on their fucking side of things. Wait till you hear about what they got to go through. Okay, enough on that. Let's move forward on other things I'm trying to get involved in. Because when it comes to taking down and changing this system, and I know I'm saving it. Kind of saving the best for last. So if you're still here, I appreciate it. And Todd, Dom, if you guys are listening, I want to give you guys a big shout out. And I want to thank you for welcoming me to the Truck Coin Swap team as an advisor. And for you guys listening out there, they, I met Todd at the Mid-America Truck Show. We went out to dinner with Reed, as well as Justin Martin from Freight Waves. Had a great time. Got to meet some other people on the TCS team. And we just had conversations about, you know, logistics, state of freight, all that stuff, factoring, you name it. We talked, we've kept in touch. We've kept in touch ever since I had Dom on the show and they were gracious enough to offer me a position to come on as an advisor. They want somebody who's in the industry, who, you know, has a stake in the, in the industry to be a part of not only what they're trying to do, but to get the word out there. And for those who haven't listened to my episode with Dom, what truck coin swap is, is it, it will put factoring out of business and how it will do that is off of the Ethereum network. They've, <clears throat> there is a token that's been developed and this is a token with utility, I'm not pumping a shit coin here. This isn't some doge bullshit. This is a token that actually has a utility because it's not meant, it's not like I don't want you to buy Doge from me. This isn't what TCS is trying to do. What it is, is a token where when a motor carrier completes a load, they then send those bills up to truck coin swap and they are paid in TCS token where a carrier will then take that token and immediately sell it for US dollars. I believe that there is a dollar, a dollar five or dollar fifty transaction fee per thousand dollars. They've already beta tested this. They've already done it with motor carrier. So what that does is it puts the money back in carriers' pockets. Right now, when it comes to factoring, factoring is a legalized and authorized payday loan scam, where when you complete a load, you send the bills to the factoring company, where then the Factoring company for one and a half to sometimes 4% gross of your load, they give you your money back. It's a break your knee, hand you a crutch uh, type system that's existed since the 80s, essentially because that's how it was when they would send bills by mail from truck stops. However, the technology has improved to the point where this information gets passed up so quickly via transflow on apps and everything. So why haven't carriers been paid? paid quicker needs to end 
they've brought me on an advisor to kind of send this fire and brimstone message out there that TCS is coming. It's going to change the game and it's going to change trucking and it's going to actually empower carriers. Why? Because it doesn't cost any money. There's no contracts. Unlike these factoring companies, I have said time and time again on the show, I've said time and time again on TikTok. I've said time and time again on Instagram. Anywhere I've I, I've been, I've said it. We're at war in this industry. No matter how you look, no matter how you chop it up, we're at war. Our enemies, who I mention all the time, ATA, DOT, FMCSA, factoring is is in that uh, axis of evil, as it were, of our enemies. And I have said, I'm ready to take the fight to our enemies. This is a great place to do it with a place like Truck Coin Swap, which is a spear that could honestly hack off a few tentacles of this monster. So I'm very excited to be off it because that's the thing. I can make podcasts all day and I could talk shit and I could shit posts on the internet. I could do it all day. But getting organized is the key. Talked about it with CDL Drivers Unlimited, another organization I'm affiliated with. The Schmitz, Lee and Lisa Schmidt, friends of mine, they have gone out. They've been to D.C. They've already lobbied in D.C. They have met congressmen, senators. First thing they told them, get organized. Same thing we need to do. I, 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 so on every single level, we need to get organized. TCS is getting organized. We're ready to rock. So I'm glad to be a part of an organized team that can help bring the fight to the enemy. Because like I said, we can ship posts. And I can get 100,000 followers and a bunch of people can retweet me. Politicians and stuff, they'll just look at it. They don't give a shit. But when you come at them as an organization and you bring their game and you play their game, then what the fuck are they going to do? So that's what we got moving forward. A lot of, lot of exciting things happening. I, I couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be more motivated. In fact, I'm fucking glad I sat down and recorded this. I thought about not. I almost went to fucking bed. I cooked dinner. I went to bed. I am so. <laughs> Guys, let me tell you. Just the week Just the week I've had. It's just been one little disastrous event after itself. And I remember I looked at, I just looked at the air fryer and I was like, you know what? Let's tuck it away. Go to bed. But I fucking threw out the computer. I was like, no. I'm going to lay this down. Fill everybody in on what's going on. Talk about it. Because this stuff it's very, very important. It's content we need to get out there that needs to be said. Also, there was that recent news piece from Fox 35 Orlando. Share that. That really helps out because that is also has to do with the mission. Health and fitness in this industry is important. I believe it is the foundation in which we can help improve the industry. I think the more and more fit America's drivers get, the more and more they are ready to advocate for themselves and advocate for this job instead of just quitting and walking away. That's something a lot of people seem to say, oh, if it's so bad, just quit. Well, look, I've made plenty of episodes on why this industry is worth fighting for. I'm not going to repeat myself. The problem is people are just quitting. And that's what's happening with our education system. Teachers are quitting. So the quality of our teachers is going down. You know, people, people don't love public schools anymore. People don't trust them that much anymore. You know, we're paying teachers less. We're not, a, you know, we're not. So that, what do you think happens? So, you know, we want better quality teachers. 
Maybe let's make it a better career for them. Same thing with trucking. When they just quit, we're left with random yoo-hoos who back into parked trucks in parking lots. And I get it, it's a common accident, but this is overall, this is the process. This is this is what's been happening. So when, when people just quit, like I said, would you like it if your police force just quit when the going got tough, if 90% of your cops were brand new every three months? Is that the town you want to live in? Probably not. Last thing before I uh, hop off, and I probably should have said at the beginning of the show, but if you're still here, thank you. But call your congressman. There is a new bill in the House right now introduced by a um, representative from Oklahoma, uh, Mr. Brockeen uh, is his name. His first name is escaping me at the moment, but he has introduced HR 3039, House Bill HR 3039. It's been introduced and it has co sponsors, several. Pete Sessions from Texas out of Waco is backing it. I believe um, Bober out of Colorado, she's co sponsored it. It's got several Republican names, needs some Democratic names. I've re- reached out to my congressman, Greg Kassar, 35th District, waiting to hear back. I will be calling again this week. Reach out to your congressman. What this bill does is it prevents the FMCSA from mandating speed limiters. Now, if you support speed limiters, I want you to come on the show and defend them because I'd love to hear your reasoning for why you think that tractor trailers shouldn't go faster than 60 miles an hour and how you think that that's going to make America's highways safer. I'm willing to hear the, I'm very willing to hear the argument. Um, your argument is probably a utopian dream uh, because, you know, I, I'm not even going to get into detail for it. Come on the show if you want to defend it. So that bill would prevent the FMCSA from doing it. We're trying to get ahead of this now because the FMCSA can enact this or they're looking to fucking dish this out as early as June. So call your congressman, tell them you support H.R. 3039. Don't call your senator. Like I said, this is a House bill. Call your congressman, H.R. 3039. I believe it is called the Drive Act. It stops the FMCSA from implementing mandatory speed limiters. And here's how you know it's actually a good bill. It's not a zillion pages long, and the ATA disagrees with it. Doesn't fit their agenda, does it? Go figure. Well, guys, that's all I got. Call your congressman. Thank you once again for listening. Share the show with a trucker. If you're a trucker and you want to come on the show and shoot the shit, tell your story, please reach out to me. Find me everywhere at Lombard Trucking. As always, just in general, if you ever want to talk, I'm here.